When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a post-deadline day transfer window debrief tripe supper. I'm Dom Shaw with Anthony Vickers and Phil Talentire. We're looking back on what was an absolutely manic last 20 minutes. Phil, we were in the office, weren't we, and mm. braced for movement. Yeah. But then it all <laughs> happened very quickly, and that was with an 11pm paper deadline to bear in Yeah, it was just it was quiet, 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 wasn't it? And then all of a sudden, you know, 10 to 11, it all starts to break. You could feel it building, it was yeah, building. We, we knew there was new. things going ahead. We, we just, you know, from a, from, a, from a purely newspaper point of view, you wanted them a bit sooner so you could get everything in the deadline. But in terms of the drama of the transfer window, I guess it was almost the perfect storm. You got the big deal just before 11, but hang on a minute. There's still five, the five that everyone was talking about. There was still to do, and then they just dropped like dominoes, didn't they? After after eleven o'clock, you know, was it just after twelve? The final one was confirmed, and it was almost like a ten minute window between each one. So, um, we'll obviously talk about whether there were surprises or not. But in terms of a a dramatic deadline day we've had I mean it wasn't quite Jordan Rhodes I didn't think no and there was no there was no pictures of players arriving in parker jackets at Radcliffe no. but no no there was no uh, private jets no <laughs> private jets well bad yeah. but um, you know it was a little bit of excitement um, a few surprises in terms of ins and outs and uh, we'll come on and talk about that I guess uh, I talk around who had a very busy day at, um, at Nottingham Forest signing Adelaide Guediora and all less just mm. after the deadline the Rocket factory. Uh, yeah, we'll mm. talk about that in a bit. Uh, but he always used to talk about how, how his wish every window was for his squad to, to finish stronger than, than, than they were at the start of the month. Are Borough's, is Borough's squad stronger now than it was at the start of January? Uh, until we see the new boys on the pitch, it'd be very, very hard to say. I do think they've taken a big risk in letting Martin Braithwaite go because they're one man weaker and fewer in the striking department. And they're one man weaker and fewer... In those that have played on the left, and those have been problem positions for a while now. Uh, the manager hasn't quite settled on his his front four, and Braithwaite was part of that configuration. So you think he's tied his hands? He hasn't brought someone else in to replace him. So numerically and in terms of variety, uh, I think Borough are weaker, and on the left as well. We're assuming that Harrison will, will play on the left. It could be a couple of weeks before he gets up to speed. In the meantime, you're left with a makeshift player there in a position that's never really been settled all season. Uh, in terms of the midfield, the makeup's different now. You know, perhaps we had too many similar players in that department, and now we've got you know there's a a, a specialist defensive midfielder. And someone who is a bit more creative and you know comes with a high reputation, uh, whether they can do that on the pitch is another question. Uh, just looking at the four departures, Phil, um, Martin Braithwaite, Ashley Fletcher, Cyrus Christie, and Adelaide Guediora. Fletcher, uh, although Tony Pulis had said there'd be no loan departures, makes sense. It's a move that seems to suit every party. Cyrus Christie, although was very impressive at times in the first half of the season, makes sense from Pulis's perspective in that it doesn't 
tick the manager's box and, and it's a chance to make a profit on a player who clearly wasn't going to feature. Adlene Guediara, it's best to draw a line under it, isn't it? But Martin Braithwaite's the one that, it, it is something of a risk, isn't it? Something of a gamble. Yeah, I'm surprised. You know, I think, I think the bigger question is, you know, yes, it's a, it's a bit of a risk, like Vic says, to, to, to let a player like that go. I'm a little bit disappointed Burr have made the mind up so suddenly so quickly about a player who cost a lot of money they must have researched him vigorously I would, I would hope and expect in the summer to pay that kind of money for a player I always said um, when the deal was done um, looks exciting but you know at that age that profile for that money why isn't he going to the Premier League and that isn't a criticism of Middlesbrough that might have been that Middlesbrough got themselves a great deal and fair play to them for doing so but to me that looked like you know you can't think, why, why isn't why the Premier League clubs made it harder for Borough to sign him? Um, and then and six months later, he's gone. He's, he's, you know, similarly with Christie, you know, everyone seems to be rewriting history now about Cyrus Christie. I mean, I've never been his biggest fan, I'll be perfectly honest about that. Um, and I felt that there was times when, you know, you know it was vulnerable, the, the, the defensive vulnerability we all, we've all spoken about. But he was a success story for most of the first half of the season. He did, he did the job that he was brought into the team to do. If there's a bit of a vulnerability there, I didn't mean to say it was insurmountable. You know, he's an Irish international, he's got age on his side, he's, he's, got, he's certainly you know, an exciting physical player getting forward. Got a bit of skill, so his crosses were excellent. Um, there seemed to be a lot to work with there, and I'm a little bit frustrated, probably because I haven't had a lot of sleep. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> frustrated most yeah, days, yeah, I know, I am. I really am a bad tempered get. But um, I'm frustrated that there seems to be not an unwillingness now within football to develop players from within. You know, and I, I get Fletcher. Don't get me wrong. I thought that it was ridiculously overpriced. I don't think we've we've made any secret of that. I didn't know why Borough played any more than. A, and a so-called daft million or so for him. And again, I think it's good that he's going to get some football and hopefully comes back and impresses. Um, Taking the number nine show. Yeah, exactly. That's maybe a statement. That, and another, and you touch on a really good point there, actually, Dom, as well. It had to happen, but you did finally touch it on. And you touched on a really good point there. Um, the number nine shirt. Braithwaite is yet another player who's ostensibly a striker who's been rejected by Borough if you want to use that term, without really getting a chance to prove he's a striker. I think of Stuani, um, I think of Bamford, still struggles like hell to get a game up front. Um, Gestead won't really play too many, well, he might be the saviour, who knows the next few weeks. You, you know what I'm saying about um, Borough keep signing players, playing them in out of position for weeks, months on end, and then deciding they don't like them as players, when they're not really getting a chance to prove what they can do up top now. Braithwaite might have always been too light but I think there is a big issue there around you know, spending big money on players who've got a job to do you know you wouldn't judge Ben Gibson on his performances at right back or even in midfield you'd, you'd judge him as a good because you know he's a central defender yet we seem to judge strikers on the fact that they're not too good on the left or the right well, one of the problems well, obviously is that time is of the essence and you, you can't afford to keep someone who's on 40 grand a week uh, and nurture them as a project um, Braithwaite and Was Christie. Project? I don't think so. No, I'm not saying. I'm not. You know, I'm not saying that. But if if the manager, if a new manager comes in, and you, you can't really realistically say, well, spend six months taking a look at everyone, 
if they if they've been bought as first team players by the previous manager, and that's been the real problem. Yeah, but the, the point pro- I was problem for both players—they're not being asked to prove themselves in but, their proper position. But both point. players were bought were brought in to play in a specific position, which no longer exists. Well, under what the new was management. that specific position? Well, for Christie, for Christie, it was a, it was an attacking fullback. Oh yeah, and Monk has come in. Well, Braithwaite, when he first came in, looked like he was there as part of an attacking three. That was his best. His best spell was early in the season when he was playing as a, in a attacking ten. three. Got that freedom. Hey, it wasn't was, really number yeah. ten. Was I mean, it? I know we're going to get sidetracked here, so I don't want to. I just, I just throw this one in because I keep throwing it in week after week, month after month. Four, two, three, one. Borough can't make it work. Cyrus Christie, you mentioned there, playing slightly out of position. Um, two questions on Christie Vic. Could could he have been used as a right-sided midfield player? Considering he was an attacking fullback, and being I'd seen a few a few um, fans making this point on, on Wednesday night, is there an issue with strengthening direct rivals in that? Uh, yeah, I think that's a big risk to be honest. Uh, yes, I think he could have been used as a right-sided midfielder. I think he's also probably perfect to play with in a system using wing backs. But if you're not going to do that, effectively, you become sidelined. The player gets frustrated. I, I don't know what wages are on, but presumably the club would be thinking. Well, if this guy's not a first-team player, can we afford to have twenty-five thousand pounds a week sat on the bench? I mean, the sign is, isn't it, that you know, from what Vic's saying, um, we've, we've debated this long and hard over the last few days and weeks. Tony Pulis is in the process of building an ultra-functional team with players in positions with one specific role. Hype. So the suggestion is, he likes Ryan Shot because he's a big, solid defender who can defend and. Bunch the ball forward for Triori to run out onto. Now that's an oversimplification, but generally, the transfer business that Burr have done, I would argue, probably backs that up, doesn't it? Yeah. The only real surprise is probably that Burr aren't playing four four two, given the type of football Tony wants to play. Now he, he might say that his four two three one's more flexible than that, but um, I, I think that's the reality that people may have to to to, 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 to come to terms with. At the moment, we're all nice and cosy. We've had a transfer window and got some new signings to get excited about. I'm just wondering how that's going to manifest itself on the pitch and whether the fans, when the, when push comes to shove, will enjoy this kind of football Borough will play because we heard a lot about last season the discontent about the functional style of football latterly that Aitor Karanka's team was playing into Steve Agnew's time and that Monk was going to be a fresh a new broom, who was going to play a more attacking brand of football, a more exciting brand of football, that kind of disappeared pretty much straight away, didn't it? But that was, that was the philosophy, and I think a lot of people really genuinely bought into that. So um, I, I think that's that moving on further down the line. I think that's a discussion we'll be having a lot. Um, Stuart Downing will obviously play in the number 10 role, you would well imagine that Adam Traor is going to play on the right. Uh, Jack Harrison... Uh, now obviously he comes in and, and Tony Pulis has already kind of urged caution hasn't he and urged patience with the fact that he's only 21 he hasn't played at this level before um, it, it would be probably naive to expect too much too soon but equally Borough could do with him hitting the ground running couldn't they because they do look short in that area of the pitch no, absolutely uh, I think that's you know one of the reasons why letting Braithwaite go was a risk is that you haven't brought in a direct replacement uh, the, the people that they've tried there haven't really been a good fit Patrick Bamford, for you know, for all his endeavour, is not a left-sided midfielder. Uh, Marvin Johnson, after a bright start, has struggled at, at this level, the pace and intensity, which leaves you with a question mark there. 
the ideal solution, presumably right now, would be to move Stewie back there, but then you're losing the creativity that, that he's brought there in, in recent months. So, uh, yes, you need Harrison, if he's going to play there, to do it from day one. Now, the, the MLS season finished a month ago. Uh, he's had a break. They haven't really started their full pre-season yet, so he could be short of match fitness. So how long it will take him to get up to speed, I don't know. He's, he's going into a league that will be uh, more intense, higher tempo, uh, more physical. So he'll have to adapt to that as well. So, uh, And unfortunately, you don't really have a luxury of time. It, so we'll have to see how it goes. We, we need him to step in and, and uh, live up to the hype. He's an intriguing one, isn't he? Harrison? Yeah, we didn't need another project, did we, really? But, I mean, I think that the, 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 minus, the minus side, the negative side, is the fact that he may take a while to adapt. If he does adapt, he's coming from the MLS. It's a completely different ball ballgame, um, no pun intended, um, from, from the Championship. It's a grim attritional league, the Championship, against big, tough opposition. It's not, it's not a, a, a master-style, um, almost exhibition football that you sometimes see in the MLS. I'm sure it's better than that, by the way, but that's, I'm exaggerating, um, but only slightly. Um, he's going to have to adapt pretty quickly. Uh, and Borough needs somebody now. They need somebody at Norwich. If not Norwich, then Reading at home a week after, who can come in and be better than what Borough had. What is the point if the person coming in isn't better than Martin Braithwaite? Now, that's probably what he's going to have to be, isn't it? I guess. Uh, the, the, the plus side is that he's clearly got talent. He's clearly a good player. Looks as though Borough have got an opportunity if they re- if they want to to keep him for next season. Mm-hmm. Now that could be a very clever move in terms of the longer term, but I'm thinking of the short term. Borough, for me, the top six is wide open, three points off top six. Borough could easily make that up. We need players who are going to come in the team and, as I say, fundamentally be better than what's already in there. And possibly Bessic is better than Ledbetter. I don't know, or or, or, or Housen. We'll we'll find out. So I'm excited about that one. Uh, Harrison better than Whopper have got at the moment potentially but until we see him on the pitch it's a difficult one to call we'll move on to a couple of players in Marvin Johnson and Lewis Baker who didn't move and we'll discuss Martin Craney as well um, this, this window has been a window of change for Borough, as it was in the summer as well. There comes a time, Vic, where surely if Borough want to progress on the pitch, there's, there's a need for continuity and not to kind of rip everything up and start again every time the window opens. Is it, it, will that happen from here on in now, do you think? Well, you'd like to think so. I mean, Tony Pulis has been given a remit to, uh, to restructure behind the scenes, and presumably that means uh, it, uh, recruitment, scouting, etc., etc., uh, Borough have got through four managers in the last 12 months I and mean, that's, that's got to have a big impact on recruitment the type of players that you've got the jobs that they're being asked we know there was a massive formation flux uh, under Gary Monk four or five different shapes Tony Pulis has come in played a different shape a different mentality the, the, whole, the whole club must be dizzy uh, it's been a turbulent 18 months and the, the club must be absolutely bewildered at times. And I think sometimes you can see that. There's, you know, there's a contradictory element on the pitch sometimes. Uh, yes, the club needs to have a serious think about where it's going, how it operates, how it recruits, long-term planning. And at the end of the day, that's the only way a club like Middlesbrough can punch above its weight by very, very carefully nurturing its resources, uh, making sure that every penny that it spends in the transfer market is is actually seen in improvements on the pitch. Pulis clearly made his mind up 
you know, he, he knows what he wants, doesn't he, Phil? Because he, mm. he's only been in a month, but he's made some bold calls already, and, and he hasn't been afraid to to put his own touch on a team that was very expensively assembled in the summer. No, I, I, you know, I, I applaud a lot of what he's done since he's come here. He's been bold. He's, he knows what he is, doesn't he, Tony Pulis? He. He doesn't take any prisoners, he's not lacking in confidence, he's not second-guessing himself. He's everything, really, that, frankly, Gary Monk wasn't. He's decisive, um, he doesn't suffer fools, um, he's not interested in his media profile in any way, shape or form. Um, I, think, I think, as we sit here right now, uh, as we look ahead to the Norwich match, we've had a window... Um, he came in very late, just days before that window opened, so he hadn't really had time to be involved in the planning for the window, although he would have a big input, I'm sure, because he knows the game inside out. I think the po- that there are positive signs. Borough defensively rigid. They've got a plan. They know what the, the players look as though they know what they're doing when they get out on the pitch. I'm a little bit concerned that some. I am concerned that players were discarded very quickly, like Braithwaite, like Christie. I think there's a, as I said earlier, an obligation to perhaps work with expensive acquisitions. As Vic says, Borough got the money back, so swings and roundabouts. I am really worried about the forwards, though. I think you've lost Braithwaite. You've got Bamford, who's a shadow of the player he was two or three years ago. Uh, and I like Bamford. I'm a big Bamford fan. And, and Asombolonga looks drained of confidence. He's, he's a shadow of the player he was earlier in the season. I think he scored one, did a, something like one in 11 in the league. Um, and yet, for me, he's a great, great championship finisher. So there's big work to be done there to get those players firing because I think they can be fantastic players. I hope that Tony, I'm sure he does, rate them. I hope he works with them. I hope he builds their confidence back up. I hope he backs them 100%. I, I hear people, you know, I heard people you know, on social media elsewhere over the last couple of days saying, we need strikers, we need strikers, we must get strikers. Borough sign strikers all the time. And the normally strikers who've got a reasonable goal scoring record. Something's happening when they come here. Um, so... Asombolonga, we know he scores championship goals. He scored them for Nottingham Forest last season, who were nearly, you know, nearly relegated. So Borough have to, for me, make more of the assets they've got because because they've got some great assets. Um, Lewis Baker and Marvin Johnson were two players who were widely expected to leave really in the final days of the window. Oxford, uh, it's since emerged, did did come in for uh, Johnson, but were told either by the club or by the player that that it was a no-go. And Lewis Baker hasn't featured in the league now for more than four months. Um, I wouldn't recognise him. The odd thing is with Baker, Borough are crying out for another option in that number 10 role, aren't they? Do you you expect to see him feature or or is that it, do you think? Well, he hasn't featured yet and at a time when the manager says he was going to give everyone a chance. He'd been on the bench a few times and then disappeared again. He didn't play in that under-23s game, did he? When quite a few of the first teams... I'm, I'm totally bewildered by the situation. I'm amazed that he hasn't asked to leave, to go back to Chelsea, because in January that probably would have been an option. Celtic was said to be... I'm, I'm bewildered by the situation. Uh, admittedly, when he came in and he played those four or five games, he wasn't... Outstanding, but you know, again, it, te- it always takes time to get rid of the ring rust and get up to speed in English football. But he played in three different formations and two different positions. So, how are we supposed to make a judgment on that? I don't know. Uh, I find that that entire situation very, very strange. Uh, Marvin Johnson. Uh, I'm glad he hasn't gone because we might need him for cover. I, don't, I think pretty much everyone's decided he's probably not a first-team player, uh, not on a regular basis. 
he's, he's done all right in flashes, but then he's made a big step, step up to a, a tough league. And again, he's probably one that needs a run of games to get up to speed, but you don't have the luxury of that. No, no one's going to take the chance on, on giving someone five or six games, you know, because the incentive is always to win the, win the next one. So uh, again, he's in a, a bit of a no-man's land. Uh, I'm sure he's learning every day in training because he's playing with better, better quality football footballers. And we may see that the product of that in the long run, but in the short term, I seem little, little more than cover. Three players that have come in: Harrison Bessich and uh, Martin yeah. Craney. Um, none of them have. Harrison, we've touched on the fact that he hasn't been playing football since off season in America. Um, Bessich has been out of favourite Everton this year. Mm. Craney, five or six games at Huddersfield. So th- there has to be, I guess, a time for Borough to assess the fitness and, and the shape they're in before they before they pump them in. How how long? Do you expect it'll be before they become regular fixtures? Will they become regular fixtures? Just second guessing it. I would think Tony Pulis will want Bessage to be a regular fixture probably by the Reading game. It could come in, but it could come in at Norwich. But as you say, hasn't he hasn't played since November, has he? So he's barely played all season. So it takes a lot for a player to step up to the to the hurly burly of the Championship if you've barely played all season. I would imagine if he didn't, you know, he'll be trying to bet him in in middle in early to mid February because he's clearly a player who's come in to, to be involved. Um, otherwise, why would he sign? I mean, Craney's more cover. I would imagine. Although I could see Craney getting in ahead of ahead of Shotton. Um, I mean, it just just goes to show you, doesn't it? You know, what a strange, strange game football is. If we were sat here in November and Cyrus Christie would have been on top of the world and Ryan Shotton would have been wondering why the hell have I come to Middlesbrough Football Club and now we sat here two months later and it's completely turned on its head, hasn't it? Um, I think, I think, I think Bessic, for me, you know, it, it could be the, the smartest move of the lot, that one. If, if he's got what we hear he's got, which is, you know... Premier League ability now you say well why hasn't he been playing in a relatively poor Everton side we don't really see him enough to, to judge do we um, I'd like to think and again it's another one of my hobby horses one of 350 um, is that I'd like to think that one or two of them maybe it's all of them played at Villa or, uh, sorry at uh, St George's Park on Tuesday and Monday night against Stoke City for the under 23s and, and got some game time under the belts and one or two of the squad members as well obviously those who don't feature against Norwich at the weekend is that too much to ask? Is that you know? Is that a gamble? I don't see really. They, they need game time unless Borough can organise some something behind closed doors midweek next week. Um, again, go back to the point. It's about utilising your assets and their their assets, aren't they? Well, we started by asking whether Borough. Um, uh whether the Borough squad's better now than it was at the start of the at the start of January. Um, on the Twitter earlier this week, we asked fans whether they're more or less confident now of winning promotion than they were at the start of the January before the window started. Vic, what will be your assessment on that? Uh, I think it's hard to call, and I think it depends on the next couple of games because Borough have kind of settled into this position three or four points off the playoffs. They're winning one, they're losing one. Uh, it's got to come down to putting a winning run together and that means winning games and scoring at home they seem pretty alright on, uh, uh, on the away games uh, I think we've seen the framework emerge in this month of the sort of team that Tony Pulis wants to play I think they look more solid but unless they can be more clinical uh, then they have a problem the players that come in that have come in I don't see how they will make the team more clinical I can see how they make the team more balanced and more solid, but
but at the end of the day it's going to come down to scoring goals so I'm on the fence about it Phil? Playoffs um, I think it'd be criminal if Borough don't finish in the top six this season I really do I really hope there isn't a mindset within the club that we'll get through the summer and rebuild and have a better crack next year the, the kind of for me what was the mentality that under Strachan you know that second half of that season when Strachan was here was, a, was just a complete write off as, as they watched Blackpool st- steam past them over the shoulders and into f- pole position um, you know this mindset that, you know, I know I can understand the manager thinking well what do you expect me to do in, in four weeks in a January window to get my own team together give me the summer and I'll give you the team that's going to be you know, it's gonna it's gonna smash this league. Um, <laughs> joke, you know, but that's the mindset, isn't it? A manager will always argue yeah. for more time. Of course, he will. I just think this season's there for the take, and I've, I've thought it pretty much from day one. There's Wolves, and then 23 of the teams. I thought Borough would be the would be the second place nailed on, if not top at the start of the season. I certainly think they should finish top six. They haven't got a huge amount of ground to make up. I am a little bit worried about the teams around them looking consistent. You know, Villa seems to have found their feet a little bit. Don't they? Preston are sneaking up. You know, there are teams Fulham up there. Fulham, Fulham, and they've strengthened, haven't they? They've made some some pretty key signs. They look as though they want it. I would, you know, if Borough got the playoffs and were beaten in the semis or the final, then it'd be heartbreaking. But at least they've had a gun. And you think, well, that was the minimum requirement this season after spending so much in the summer. This time, you know, but to not make the top six, I still think would be. A huge underachievement. Let's hope they close the gap on the top six with three points at Norwich on Saturday. Cheers, Phil. Cheers, Vic.